Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. All right, I've, I've wandered off the topic. Well, there is no topic when we begin. There is no topic. But will the pants hold a crease? Well, that's, well, that's what I want to know. A center crease. Yeah, well, what do you think? Well, what other know. crease would it be? I mean, I don't want him to be flat and hold a crease so I look like a sailor in HMS Pinafore. I don't want to do that. It's not what I'm looking for. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. My references are so unbelievably old. Wilbon and I have this problem. Yes, two days ago, I wandered off into Perry Mason, and then he talked about Hamilton Burger, and we realized that nobody, <laughs> nobody watching us had any idea what we're talking about because our references are so old because we, collectively, Wilbon and I are sort of like, you know, Brady against Breeze, like we're sort of the <laughs> oldest people on ESPN. All right, I've got a bunch of things to talk about. I just wanted to say this just for nostalgia's sake. For many, many years of my life, I would spend the Friday before the Super Bowl, the immediate Friday, on Radio Row. Uh, ever since we started WTEM in 1991 or 92, whichever that was. So that's basically 30 years now. I would go, and if when I worked for ESPN, it was a much better setup, of course. Um, but most of the time, I was, you know, with the skeevy people on Radio Row. Prime spot right in front of the bathroom. Yeah, just really skeevy. <laughs> and Nigel and I were there, you know, last year, weren't we? we were, I mean, we were there many, many times. Yeah. And that, for me, that's what the Super Bowl is. It's Radio Row and complaining. Although, who was the very nice guy from ESPN who, for years, year upon year, set us up in a good spot and always looked out for us? Oh, that wasn't I forget Pete his name, but he always took it? care of us. It was always very well uh, prepared yeah. for us there. Yeah, that was really nice. I appreciated that. And and by the, for me, by the first day on Radio Row, I wanted to kill myself. Well, you had access to such good guests. <laughs> well, they they trot people in. They bring them from table to table to table to table, and they pretend to be interested in what you're asking, and you pretend to be interested in what they're answering. Although I think it was last year or the year, but whatever, some recent year, Rick Barry came over. And that made oh, me yeah. very happy because I've known Rick Barry basically my entire professional life. So I was very happy for that. But most of the people I bring around, and Nigel knows this, they bring them around and we go, no, no, uh -uh, we don't need it. We're not. No, <laughs> we don't need yeah. you. And this leads me to the, to the Cousin Sal thing from this year. Why don't you explain the Cousin Sal thing from this year? Oh, well, we, uh, we had a bloke reach out to us, and, and he was sort of doing a virtual radio row and was offering up a bunch of He's people. He's repping Cousin yes. Sal. Yeah, and, and including Cousin Sal from, I guess, the Jimmy Kimmel show. So and I said, because I know him. I've met yeah. him. I've met Cousin Sal, perfectly pleasant guy. He does the gambling things. And I said I would take him, right? I said, sure, I'll do Cousin Sal. Sure, right before the Super Bowl, that'll be fun. And then what happened, Nigel? Well, as it turns out, we're on, on the Eastern Coast, so, you know, yeah. we do the show fairly early, which is about, yeah. you know, 5 a.m. For, for Cousin Sal, so we right. couldn't quite figure out how to, to logistically set it up, so he couldn't do it early and we couldn't do it late, so we said, well, thanks for, thanks for trying, but we'll just do it another time. No, I thought they were. Uh, I thought that they were like angry at this. I thought that they oh, said, well, no. doesn't he tape? Doesn't he tape? <laughs> Can't you tape it at night? We said, no. Uh, no, I, I, well, no. Yeah. <laughs> as much as I like Cousin Sal, if he can't go when we go, you know, we've gotten this far without him. We'll go the rest of the way. It's okay. And yeah. I like him. And yeah. I understand that. And that's one of the reasons why I don't try to get Charlie Steiner or Al Michaels, even though they say, oh, call anytime. It's too early. It's too early on the West Coast. It's three hours. 
We're starting this thing around 730 to 740. It's not like their jobs bring them to your city no, regularly. So, you know, the, well, Usually for extended stays. Well, yes. Three occasion- to four starts. Well, yeah, occasionally. Yeah, sure. But I mean, I don't want to wake them up. When they're here, if they're here, like when Charlie's here. But then when Charlie's here doing the Dodgers against the Nats, it's choices are, night. you know. Yeah, I just got in really late. I don't want to even talk to you anyway. I don't like you that much. <laughs> uh, okay, Nigel, please pass the email below on to Tony. I have sent him a pair of keen waterproof boots that are scheduled to be delivered on Saturday in advance of the winter weather you are supposed to receive on Sunday. I'd like him to wear them on Sunday when he walks Chessie. So please let them know that he should receive them on Saturday and to open the box. Thanks. And here's the email. Dear Mr. Tony. And we have them, and they're good. I, you know, I put the crampons on them. I threw one, but now I've got new ones because um, Tracy went out and got the same ones with even better because there's a strap across the, the top now so that you're unlikely to throw them. Anyway, I've been in the footwear industry for over 35 years. As a loyal little for many, many years, it has driven me somewhat crazy when I hear you speak lovingly of your bass shoes. For most of my career, I worked as a competitor of bass and gritted my teeth when you spoke of bass. So often I wanted to write to tell you that the company you love so much has had so many owners and directors during my career your head would spin. They have shifted production around the world, and while the shoes look the same, they are nothing like the original bass shoes made in Wilton, Maine. But I did not want to sound like sour grapes. If you were happy, I was happy. Then lo and behold, you bring Skechers into the equation, and it was time to make sure you experienced my footwear company. Six months ago, I joined the family-owned, values-based, consciously-created shoe company, Keen. Under separate cover, I have sent you a pair of our waterproof Anchorage boot for those mornings when the polar vortex kicks in and you have to walk Chessie. These boots will be easy on, easy off, and keep your feet dry from the D.C. slush that's coming. I believe the non-kip forecast is for three to five inches of snow the day after you receive these boots. This is all exactly what happened. I hope you find the Anchorage as comfortable as our Keen fans do throughout the world. Tell Michael that when he takes off his Peloton bike shoes, I'll get him into a pair of shoes or boots too. I would have <laughs> sent a pair from Michael, but he was a bit ambiguous about his size change and shrinking foot from his 12 and a half to whatever he is today. Thank you for years of entertainment and community. By the way, thanks for sharing your heartwarming Aaron sweater photo story. Your story cost me $125. My sweater is on the way from <laughs> Ireland. Enjoy the boots. Wear them in good health. Stay safe. There will be sandals in your future if you like these boots. Ross Weber, Senior Director of Product Management and Sales, Keen Footwear. Let's save that email. How great is that? Well, oh, let's, you- let's get back to the competitor. <laughs> right. Odds yes. has, to, has to be Rockport. Um, what do you mean? That, uh, yeah, at that period of time, working. because that's a main company as well. And they would be jealous of each other. I didn't know. I, I, I have noticed, I have noticed that Bass, that they have changed a little bit. I have noticed. But, you know, it was still, that was what I always got. But these boots, I think so I, I, Nigel, I, didn't I say this the other day, how good these boots were? Yes. They're really you good. Loved them. Yeah. They're really good. And you liked them too, Michael. You looked at them and liked them yeah, a lot. Yeah, you had me look them up when you first received them. Because I had no idea where they came from. So that is story. That's a good story. And I'm deeply appreciative of that. And yes, Michael, I'm sending you, I'm throwing this email across Uncle Benny's table so that you can have it and you can save it. Because yesterday I wore the tie that I got, the Pierre Cardin tie, and I couldn't find the email. I think his name was Jake Boggage. I think it's that that was his name, but I couldn't find the email. But all he to, to shout out to him on the air, but all he said was, I just want to see you wear the tie. And I wore the tie yesterday, a blue Pierre Cardin tie with red polka dots. And Wilbon even said to me, where'd you get that tie? Is that a new tie? And I said, actually, it's like 40 years old. And I told him the story. He said, I love Pierre Cardin I'm beginning tie. to see those ties everywhere now. I feel like I saw it on The Bachelor. Really? Yeah. So Wilbon loved the tie. 
and love Pierre Cardin. So thank you to, I think it's Mr. Bogage or Bogage who sent that. Please send us an email so I get that right. And now I want to tell one small other story. Nigel um, went and got me one of those cameo things. Nigel, could you explain what a cameo thing is for people like me who don't really understand it? A cameo is a website with uh, just a whole bevy of celebrities of different kinds, musicians, actors, um, people, you know, just from all walks of life. I believe yeah. Courtney the Goddess is on cameo as well. I believe that. <laughs> this is she what Tori's be. kids always get her. I, yeah, I believe that because yeah. Jeff told me he saw her on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think Tori's That's kids a different category. A, yeah. Stormy, Stormy Daniels, I think, was one. Yeah. That, 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 yeah. yeah. So, but you, there's musicians, all these sort of things. And, you know, for varying fees, depending on the relative you know, level of celebrity for the individual, you know, you pay a certain amount of money, uh, which is really not that much. And then uh, the, and you say, well, this is going to be for my friend or for my girlfriend or for whatever, for whatever occasion, you write a few bit of notes to the individual you, you're requesting, and then they get it and turn it around and, and come up with a custom video greeting for um, for the person you send it to. It's amazing. So what I, what I was expecting, Nigel got me one. Um, and what I was expecting is, you know, 30 seconds. Something like that. Hi, how you doing? Uh, Nigel asked me to say hi. Happy birthday. That's what I expected because that's what I thought these things were. So I get one and I open it up and I don't really know who this person is. I don't recognize him or anything like that. And then, and then in the first sentence, he says with a very, very patrician English accent, I'm Peter Asher. Well, I know who Peter Asher is. Peter Asher is the younger brother, I believe, of... Jane Asher, who is my sweet lady Jane in the Mick Jagger song, who dated Paul McCartney and was Paul McCartney's first serious girlfriend when the Beatles came to London, when the Beatles were just sort of breaking out. And Paul McCartney's dalliance with Jane Asher led to him spending a tremendous amount of time in Peter Asher's house. And these were well-to-do people in London, um, and they were not scuffling for a living. And they got to be friends over a long period of time. And Peter Asher, who I believe his life was marked to go in a different direction, ended up in the music business. He is the Peter of Peter and Gordon. Peter and Gordon who sang World Without Love and Lady Godiva and I Go to Pieces and Nobody oh, yeah. I Know and all of these songs. And I did last night, I said to Alexa, play me Peter and Gordon. And I listened for over an hour. And they were sort of similar to Chad and Jeremy who did a summer song and they always get confused. And anyway, Peter Asher begins to tell me stories. To tell me stories about meeting Paul and meeting John. And Paul came over and his mother did Paul's laundry. And we got to be fast friends, he and Paul. And I'm just, I'm enraptured because he's, this is Paul McCartney. He's the only Beatle I've ever touched. I've told you that story a number of times. That's story number 28, if you're ranking all the top 100 <laughs> stories that I tell. And he talks about knowing Paul and knowing John. And he talks about this song that they wrote, World Without Love. And he saw John, didn't, John hated it. John hated the first line, which is, please lock me away. So I don't like it. So when John passed on the song, Peter Asher went to Paul and said, would you mind if I've got a recording contract with my friend, um, you know, Gordon, would you mind if we did that song? And it became a huge hit. And, that, and that's how they got that song. And he was perfectly pleasant and personable. He's old. He's 75 or 76. He's got no hair like I don't have any hair. He was wearing these wild tortoise shell glasses and talking about his life just so matter-of-factly and so pleasantly. And he was trying to make this experience wonderful for me, and it was wonderful beyond words for me. And he ended up, by the way, he, would like the, he produced 
one of the greatest albums of all time, Sweet Baby oh, yeah. James, the first album yeah. ever on Apple. That's Peter Asher. He produced that. He's been in the music business for all this time. He lives in Los Angeles. He says he doesn't see Paul all that much, but he sees Ringo all the time because apparently Ringo lives in Los Angeles too. Who would know? I mean, I, I wouldn't know these things. And it was, it, was, it was just him talking, talking to me. And now the great thing that I want to say is he has no idea who I am. No idea. It's just Tony. He does not know who I am. That's what makes this so much better. Why, and why should he? So this is, and I sat there, and it had to be six or seven minutes, right, Nigel? Six or seven minutes. Yeah, it was. Did you, it, was it was. It just went on. Yeah, it was yeah. longer than I thought it would be as well. I thought just, it would be just about a minute. But he had nothing like, to do. Right, and, and there's yeah. a fee And he tried to make it great. Right, he tried he to goes the extra mile. So he, and he did. I mean, how many people want Peter Asher to talk to him? Like, most people don't know who Peter Asher is. I'm in a very small group of people who know who Peter Asher is. If I told you who he was, you might know, but you would not know automatically and, and immediately. So this is what I'd like to do. I'd like to get his phone number, Peter Asher's phone number in Los Angeles. And I'd like to call him. And I'd like to say, I'm the Tony you did that for. And I can't tell you how appreciative I am. And what makes it even better is you have no idea who I am. I don't know if you're a sports fan at all, but someone in your life is a sports fan. And I want you to go to the person who's a sports fan, and I want you to say, is there such a thing as ESPN? And at 5.30 today, could you record a show for me? Because you'll see who I am. And we will have shared in our lives this particular thing. We had no idea the direction it would go. We had no idea the famous people we, had, we would meet. We had no idea what our circle would be. And it's great, isn't it? It's great. And both of us have that. And we can laugh at it. And that's what I want to do. What do you think of that, Michael? That sounds great. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to call Peter Asher. Just so he knows, I'm not some rum dub. I, I think this is the reaction. I'm a guy. I think this is the reaction most people get when they get their cameo video sent to them. What? No, I'd like the I'd like the uh, the phone number of Stormy Daniels. Like I don't care about Stormy Daniels, <laughs> Peter Asher though. You know, I mean, he's an old guy. I have to just think like for seventy five dollars, I could have gotten you a video with Ruben Studdard. Really, Amer American Idol? Yeah, really? Yeah, the big fat guy. I wouldn't I wouldn't lead with that, but yeah. Well, he was. He weighed three hundred pounds. He was he was season two. I love looking at the pricing for some of this. Le Levar Ball, hundred thirty three, because it's all creative pricing. You want to come in. Levar Ball. You want to come in under a hard fifty. You or you think I should do this? Oh, right? Yes. I'd rather kill myself than do this. <laughs> you think I should do this when I'm done? I just say hi. Uh, how what you would, doing? What would you put down for a I video from David Ross, the manager? It's not worth ten cents to me. Three hundred and fifty dollars. That's how can he do that? He's the manager of he, his. The Cubs should say to him, "Don't do this. It's it's tacky. Don't do it. You don't need it. You're making big money. You don't have to do it." So so that was I, I was so thrilled by this. My heart is so warmed by this, and I'm I can't imagine Nigel. I can't imagine he gets steady flow on this for income. Right? I can't. I don't know. Well, Maybe well, it's it's funny because I mean, you know, Peter Asher. When I saw his name, I immediately lit up. I was like, well, I love you know. He's yes, yeah. It's Peter Asher. He was involved in the middle of all these just huge musical things in the sixties. The sincerity so, of it, yeah. the sincerity of it. It's wonderful, Michael. I'll play it for you later. It's just wonderful. Well, um, go this ahead. Is the, this is the second time I've done this is for a, a friend of mine as well, and I got him Eddie Murray. And when Eddie Murray okay. started talking, because he's a huge Orioles fan, but I was like, oh. I think that's the most I've ever heard Eddie Murray say anything ever because he was trying to earn the money. Turn. Yeah. So, Michael, um, what should I yeah. charge? 
<laughs> Michael, what would you put me down for? Like sixteen dollars, sixteen fifty. I'd what? say let's let's start with about twenty five because we want to drive traffic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would be so angry doing it by the third one. I'd go, really? I, I actually think you'd really? be surprised. So the power of this, you look at these personalities, they want it. They, they want to share. So yes, there is the fee associated with it, but it's, I'm, I'm sure he had fun going down this memory lane and just sharing those memories. I, ho I hope so. I hope so. And I re again, I'd like to call him because he has no idea. And then he could watch the show. He doesn't even have to like the show. He goes, oh, is, is this guy somebody? Is he somebody? <laughs> Maybe a little somebody? That would be great. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, Sally Jenkins, yes. Sally Jenkins joins us when we come back. That is correct, yes. Talk about the Super Bowl. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the FrameBridge ad. If you've been listening to this show, you've heard me talk about FrameBridge. They make it super easy and affordable to frame your favorite things from art prints and posters to the photos sitting on your phone. They'll give you recommendations as to how to arrange it on your wall. Oh, okay. Now with Valentine's Day approaching, you can create a unique and thoughtful gift that will last for years to come. Over your right shoulder, we have two of these. You can say what they Makes are. Makes me smile. We have a picture of uh, the two of us down at Amen Corner when you could still travel. Right. And then we also have a picture of uh, Grandpa Tony with the boots dirt in the 19th hole overlooking uh, the bay. Robot Bay. Yeah. Yeah, it's really Liz beautiful. And I got married. Just go to framebridge.com, unload your photo. Or they'll um, upload, rather, not unload. I'd like to unload some photos. Upload your photo, or they'll send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces. Preview your item online in any frame style. Choose your favorite to get free recommendations from their talented designers. Don't you have a, a memory wall? Yeah, so we have a memory That's wall with right? four big photos that are important to where we've been throughout our, our, our life together, Liz and I. But you can, they'll arrange, say, you want this photo slightly bigger. So if like, you have this walk up your stairwell, yeah. they can help you create that rather than trying to curate it piece by piece over the years. The experts at FrameBridge will custom frame your item, deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang. Instead of the hundreds you'd pay at a framing store, their prices start at $39, and all shipping is free. Plus, listeners to this high-quality podcast will get 15% off their first order at FrameBridge.com when they use the code TONYK. Get started today, frame your photos, or give the perfect Valentine's gift. Go to FrameBridge.com, use the promo code TONYK to save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to FrameBridge.com, promo code TONYK. One more time, FrameBridge.com, promo code TONYK. Use the code, people. We have a new sponsor of the show, Michelob Ultra, so I'd like to celebrate their joining us. You know, beer is synonymous with celebrating after a big win. It goes hand-in-hand hand with the joy that athletes experience from victory. Because of that, there is a perception that happiness and beer only come at the end of a journey, only come after the grind, after the hard work, after the win. Michelob is setting out to dismantle that perception. By partnering with some of the greatest athletes and proven winners of all time, they are demonstrating that happiness comes before the victory and that joy is a crucial ingredient on the road to success. Even the greatest athletes in the world choose to take time off the court or field to unplug, to have a beer with friends, and find balance. Michelob is not discounting the hard work and commitment that it takes to become a world-class athlete and win championships, but they firmly believe that enjoyment and balance are crucial components of the winning formula. It's not just about professional athletes. Everyone out there should know that they can and should enjoy themselves on the road to success in life and that they should permit themselves to have fun, smile more, and have a beer with friends. Like having a Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. This is called Dark Blue. This is by Brandon Costello, who we originally knew as Brandon S. Bowker. 
singer-songwriter Lexington, Kentucky. Changed his name. Capitalized on the Elvis Costello thing, I think. Or the Lou Costello thing, if he was really old. Here are a couple of tracks I hope will make the next EP. You might think that staying home would provide time and space to really crush the creative process. In truth, homeschooling and existential dread have made it hard uh, to even want to. Meanwhile, with the gig economy on hold, if you know anyone who needs a copy editor, radio program, or even better, can pay me to be a singer-songwriter. I'm entertaining all offers. Dark Blue by our friend Brendan Costello singer-songwriter. Um, Sally Jenkins joins us now, and I always love having Sally on the show. And and what I said, Sal, at the beginning of the show when I opened is that in most years of my life, I would spend this day, the Friday, the immediate Friday before the Super Bowl, on Radio Row or, you know, and getting ready to write a column and the sort of wrap-up column, usually it's the prediction column or in my case it was always all the weird things I did all week all the weird um, promotions I went to because that that's what the Super Bowl was it was a bazaar it's a midwinter holiday that for a week has a bazaar where they trot around marginally famous people and put them in front of you like wares to see if you want to buy them you're with me on that right and it's different this year how do you feel about it I, you know, yeah, first of all, you're totally right. It, it's like going to the greatest sort of flea market in the world. Uh, yeah. You know, um, it, yeah, I miss that. I, I miss the, you know, the hullabaloo around it. The, the, um, it takes over all the streets, you know. There's like Papa Shot contests going on in the middle of avenues. And uh, it, it, it's really a, a massive undertaking for any city. You know, I... I miss it and I don't miss it. It's the strangest thing about this season has been so much that we thought the NFL just absolutely couldn't do without like, you know, preseason training camp uh, meetings. It turns out like the game is just as good without all that junk. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what the NFL does going forward. They've been spending an awful lot of money on an awful lot of ancillary stuff over the years that it turns out is just, kind of again junky i agree with that um i agree with that in principle and i agree with that in practice but i also miss it because it was something i have come to expect it in the way that uh, what what is the greatest locale for the super bowl well in my opinion it's always been new orleans because new orleans is a flea market city to use your words that's that's what they have and they have great food and they're used to this small little area one or two areas um, the Bourbon Street area, the Garden Street area, they're used to that being overrun, you know, by streetcars and tourists, and they know how to put the thing on. And the NFL, you know, it, again, I can't stress this enough. The NFL will provide you with everything. If you're doing radio and you want to guess, they'll come up with some guy who was in the Pro Bowl 19 years ago. And if you're hungry for a guest, you'll take this dope, even though I would never do that. Or they'll bring on people who are going to – they'll have press conferences. As you well know, Sally, press conferences for the people who are going to sing the anthem, for the people that are going to do the halftime show. These are the greatest press conferences in the world, and no, no football people ever attended them. I mean, I could write column after column after that. And, and I, I miss that – I know what you're saying about being streamlined, and I think the NFL deserves an A-plus for making sure that every single team played 16 games. No other league did that. They did that, and I was amazed by it. But I sort of miss this. I sort of miss the excess, and you're saying you don't. Well, you know, I miss, look, I miss the festivities. I miss, I miss yeah. the ratcheting up of tension. I miss the, 
uh, all the talk, you know, the, the incessant talk about what's going to happen and the analysis by, as you say, you know, uh, you know, a hundred different guys who retired 25 years ago who all think <laughs> yeah. that they they know what's going to happen here. So, I, I, you know, all of that stuff happened remotely. It happened, you know, there was some of that. You could talk to some NFL Network commentators over Zoom. Uh, but, you know, it just doesn't have the intensity. The, the, again, the, the flea market itself doesn't have the crowds and the intensities around it. Strangely enough, the game does. I mean, have you ever... Yes, yes. Uh, uh, have you ever seen a Super Bowl more purely focused on the two teams? And, so, and, and, and what's so exciting about those two teams? I mean, it's honestly, this really, it puts the spotlight just squarely on the players. So let me, let me use this word, and I use the word advisedly, fear. I'm going to put it in a sentence. Because of the lack of a run-up, because of the lack of the hoopla, my fear is, and, and also because of the inadvisability of doing that one thing at home that everybody loved to do, sit with a bunch of people and watch this game, my fear is it'll be one of the lowest-rated games of all time, and my fear is it will not be appreciated for how it presents itself, which is the real possibility of maybe down the road the two greatest quarterbacks of all time, and they're never going to do this again. This never happened before, I don't think, so I don't know that it's ever going to happen again unless Unitas played against Montana, and I don't think they did. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I, I think yeah. it'll be undersold, and that, that bothers me. I mean, look, well, first of all, I'm not sure that's true because – just because people aren't all gathering in front of the same television set doesn't mean that you won't have, like, all those people will be scattered in their own homes turning on maybe more television sets. That's possible. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I don't know how the TV rating thing is going to play out. Um, what I do know is we've never had the two top two offenses face off in the Super Bowl before. And we've never had, as you say, you know, the Johnny Unitas of his day uh, playing against, you know, the greatest new young quarterback. So the Brady Mahomes, I just think people are fascinated by that. And I, I mean, that, that's the biggest thing this game has going for it is that, that generational matchup. You almost never get that, you know, you, you, you just don't. So I, I don't know what's going to happen with the ratings. I just know that, you know, you and me are probably as interested by this game as we've ever yes. been by a Super Bowl. Yes, yes. Um, Yes, yeah, I mean, because, and it's because of the star power of the quarterbacks. And it's not just star power. There are people who are stars in the league. But this is star power plus talent plus history. This is an entirely different equation. If Tom Brady were to win this game, it doesn't mean that down the road uh, Patrick Mahomes won't win eight Super Bowls. But if you win seven and the last two, you're in your 40s. I, I don't even, you can't even bring anybody else up, right? I mean, it's him. It's just him. He's been in the Super Bowl three of the last four years, right? Just, yeah, I mean, amazing. he's 43 years old. He's 43 years old. Do you know that ever since Roger Goodell hammered him over to Flategate, he's been in the AFC Championship. He's been in, the, in, in, a, in a conference championship game every year since Goodell gave him the business over to Flategate. Wow. I, mean, I didn't know that. Brady, Brady's whole thing is, am I cheating now? Am I cheating now? Am I cheating now? <laughs> But here's something else. It's not just the quarterbacks. Travis Kelsey against Rob Gronkowski. Gronkowski. They're the two, <laughs> maybe the two best ever. Yes. Yeah, a tight I mean, ends. Ty yes. Ty Tyreek Hill and Antonio Brown. I mean, the, the receiver talent, the running back talent, the defensive talent. I don't think I've ever seen two 
teams with so much individual talent at every position. The people who put these teams together did such a superb job. I mean, Andy Reid thought he was building the perfect NFL organism um, with this creative new offense around Patrick Mahomes. I mean, his his whole thing was let's put absolutely everything we can against Pat, you know, around Patrick Mahomes, only to discover that Tampa Bay has managed to do the same thing in the last year with Tom Brady. I read a story um, online the other day from the New York Post that I think it's the center at Tampa Bay is a guy named Ali Marpet. Does, is that name familiar to you? That's the name, Ali Marpet. Do you yeah. know where he went to college? You know where he went to college to play football? Hobart. D3. I, my I, friend I, Peter I, Lazarus went to Hobart. You know, um, I know. D3 I know. kid. A D3 kid. That's sort of interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I really... I look forward to sitting and watching this game, and believe me, uh, most Super Bowls I couldn't wait not to see them, you know, to get out of town. I and I look, I look forward to this. Do you? You do too, right? You do. Of course, you do. I, I do. And, and one of the things about you know, an Ali Marpet is the other thing that you have a lot of times in Super Bowls. Uh, I went back and counted a couple of years ago. Um, I think it was the, the Eagles and the Patriots Super Bowl when Nick Nick Foles beats Tom Brady. Um, or no, or it may have been the, the year after that. Uh, but here, here's the, the point. In addition to all the star power on the field, there are always 20 to 25 guys who were either undrafted or who were cut as yeah. free agents. Yeah. There's yeah. always a factor on that field of some, you know, some players who just, you never thought they would be there. They never thought they would be there, but they, this, they committed this act of utter faith. They just wanted to play in the league so bad that they managed to get there. And so there's always those guys on the field too, you know, um, that, that they do remarkable things. And that's one of the real joys of, of the Super Bowl for me is the, the guys who aren't supposed to be there. I used to, when I was a working columnist, I used to go to the giant um, cattle call of the first day for each team. And I used to find a guy who nobody was talking to, look up his name and I'd say, hi, I'm with the Washington Post. Sit down, tell me your entire life story, and don't leave anything out. And I always got a good column. I always did yeah. from somebody who you never heard of, who was the backup, you know, long snapper, or you know, the the free safety that never actually got in the game. And it was just sure that was yeah. remarkable. The, the Joe Cardona or the Raheem Mostert, you know, the 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 guy who got cut six different times before he finally latched onto a Super Bowl roster, you know. And by the way, how about the life stories of the two head coaches here, both of whom have been fired, right, within the last, yes. you know, six, six, five, six years, right? Yes, I mean, yes. here's, here's Andy Reid. He gets fired. He's one of the winningest coaches in NFL history, and he gets fired because he just can't bring the championship to Philadelphia. And here's Bruce Arians, you know, cancer survivor, um, fired, you know, um, Arizona uh, from Arizona, uh, and you know the franchises that, that grab those guys are—they're—it's it, just they're so smart. You know, there's so many owners and, and GMs and team presidents make such stupid, terrible—you know—head coaching decisions. They really do. They hire out of fear. They hire out of ignorance. They hire someone who looks or sounds like what they think. You know, some cliche of a head coach is supposed to look or sound like. Um, which is which is how you you know you can get a Jeff Fisher surviving in the league for as long as he did without being really very good at his job, you know. Um, 
So to see Andy Reid and, and Bruce Arians in this game is, I mean, that's a real pleasure as well. I mean, there there aren't two better, more interesting men in the league, uh, and they've been that way for a long, long time. And you know, you you hope that like NFL owners are noticing them and who's so, on their staff. Yeah, they certainly are not prototypical head coaches. They don't look that look that way <clears throat> or sound that way at all. How has your job changed in the last year? What's the last sporting event you went to? I mean, that's a very good question. I'm trying to remember. I think it was, um, golly, uh, you know, so I haven't been anywhere since last February. I mean, I haven't been, I haven't left my my hometown. And so I I would imagine it was a college basketball game or a, a, uh, you know, you've got me. It could have been, you know, it's probably, I, I take it back. I think it was probably the AFC championship game in Kansas city. Yeah. I think the last, I, I don't remember the last thing I ever went to, but I have a different job than you. All I get paid to do is talk and writing is much harder and you have to have an idea and you have to be a little bit more current every once in a while. So how has your job changed and is it okay? Or do you want to sort of get back on the horse? You know, I, I would give anything to be in a press box with my colleagues and uh, watching a game from up above, you know, seeing the live, the live action and, and then going out to have a drink after. I mean, I, I miss that. I miss my, uh, I miss my colleagues in the press box and I miss talking to players, you know, up close and in person. Um, but it's been, it's been fine. I mean, it's been good. It's it, the zoom availability has been good. You can still talk to players. There was a weird intimacy this week, you know, listening to players, over um, the, the Super Bowl press conferences were actually easier when you're in a room with hundreds of media crushing around Travis Kelsey. It's hard to hear what he has to say, um, yeah, and a lot of yeah. times you have to go back to the tape later to find out what what that was that he was saying that sounded sort of intriguing. And and this year you could you could hear every word they said. You were there by yourself in front of the screen, um, so you actually got a better impression, a, a, a almost a closer impression than you would had you been in the room at the Super Bowl press conferences. Um, so that was interesting. That was a weird sensation. Um, you know, look, it's unnatural to be this isolated. It, it's, uh, we're not meant to be this distant from each other. And, you know, the sports I love the best actually are the ones where you feel the proximity like golf or tennis, you know, you can, you, you can almost, um, reach out and, and, uh, and, and touch those players sometimes. Um, you know, if you, if you know where to stand or where to look. So I, you know, I miss that. I, I, I can't wait for the normalization of that, but look, <laughs> uh, we're, we're lucky to have sports. I mean, one of the things that I, you know, I want to write about is the fact that, you know, the NFL, I've hammered the NFL, right? I mean, I've just killed Roger Goodell over everything from deflate gate to some of the domestic violence cases that he's handled. He's never earned his salary more than he has this year. He's done unbelievably superb job of leading this league through this strange thing. The level of organization the league showed in crisis, the level of flexibility, I never would have believed that they could manage it as well as they have. And then this thing that they've done with the the Center for Disease Control, they've turned all their data, their, their testing and tracing data, all of their team data over, you know, basically to the federal government and said, here, you know, do with this what you can to help other businesses figure out how to open and how to work through this stuff. I mean, their, their, their contact testing and tracing program is probably going to become the model for my office. 
You yeah, know? I understand. Yeah, uh, no, I get that. I get that. I do. I mean, I, yeah, even Wilbon, Wilbon, yeah. who hates Goodell and hates the NFL, and then you know it has has had to concede. Wow, look, they did they did this without a bubble. They they did it. They actually did it, and they do seem the NFL does seem, and I'll give them credit for this. They seem smarter and more prepared. Now they had a they had a longer walk up than the other leagues, but they seem smarter and more prepared. And and sort of their overview is more intelligent. It doesn't appear to be day by day. They appear to have all the contingencies accounted for. Right? You feel the same way, I'm sure. I I do. I feel like I feel like the league the league has always had very deep pockets and a lot of clout. And I feel like they absolutely use that money and that influence in the absolutely right way. You know, uh, they they performed a real public service. You know, we're always asking the league to be better citizens uh, about their medical issues. And in this case, they really, really did. You know, uh, it's they, they deserve nothing but commendation. They've made a real contribution to everybody's, not just our amusements on the weekend, which we so desperately needed, um, and to our morale, but they've made a real concrete contribution to, you know, public health. Thank you, Sal. Thanks. I'll talk My to you question. soon, I hope. Be okay. good. You Sally can. Jenkins, boys and girls, we'll take a break. We will come back. We'll have all the people who gamble with us. We'll have, uh, well, all the people and a monkey who gamble with us. <laughs> when we return, I am Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Truist believes in the potential of communities everywhere, so we're creating a segment during the NFL playoffs highlighting a moment of unexpected potential. Truist believes potential is everywhere, not just on Main Street, but all the way to the gridiron. That's why we're breaking down this week's most inspiring football moments and highlighting Kansas City, who came together and reached their potential. With time winding down in the fourth, Kansas City made a bold decision to go for it on fourth and short from their own 49, and I add parenthetically, fooling everybody, including Tony Romo. The gamble paid off as Kansas City converted and ran the clock out, sending them to their second consecutive conference championship. Yards of potential presented by Truist. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, Brandon Costello, singer-songwriter, Lexington, Kentucky. And this is called Button Up Buttercup. Brandon sent us a lot of wonderful songs over the years. Michael, if people like Brandon want to send songs in your original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyKornizerShow.com. And you can listen to this music in its entirety, and it's two songs by Brandon today. Uh, at the end of the podcast, you should just skip ahead and go there. James Carville joins us now, and there's a certain sadness that I have in asking James for his pick in the Super Bowl, because although you went 2-1 and one the last time you were with us, and your annotated record now is 4-2, and two, better than anybody else's, I know you really thought that the Saints would get there, and I wonder how you felt about that game and, and your, your sort of read on what Drew Brees will do, will he be back or not? Yeah, I, I, I really thought they had a really good shot to get there. Anytime you're in the hunt like that and you lose, particularly lose at home, particularly lose to a team that you beat twice, yep. uh, it's pretty painful. I kind of doubt if Drew Brees is going to come back. I mean, look at the end of the year, he couldn't throw the ball more than 10 yards downfield. I mean, he was hurt, obviously, in that game against Tampa Bay. I mean, he's been one of the most remarkable quarterbacks in the history. I always say like Ted Williams. You know, he'll count yardage and touchdown and stuff like that. And <laughs> maybe I would so say good. this. Count all that. 
Yeah, I mean, he's a great quarterback. He is going to the Hall of Fame. He's a first ballot guy. He's gonna, he, if he wants, he's got the NBC job in front of him and to be an analyst. But I would say this, James, he'd have to walk away from a team that he knows can win. And, and if he rests his arm, maybe, maybe it's not a terminal situation. Maybe it's not going to get worse. Maybe somehow it gets like Brady and he can throw the ball downfield. That's the only reason I would think he'd come back. Do you think that's possible? Sure. I mean, anything is possible. Remember last year he wasn't going to come back at any decided that he would. Right. I mean, it's, it's obviously been weighing on his mind. This is not a new thought to him. Right. And you're right. He, he really, really, really wants a, a ring. He's gotten one. And the team that he has is capable of doing it. So yes. your, your point is that, that that's what's drawing him back. If he was going to go back and play for, you know, the, the Washington football team, no, he, he wouldn't do that. But it, it, that's obviously a very, very attractive alternative one. Is to so I, I think I, I draw a distinction between him and Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger's kidding himself if he thinks Pittsburgh can win. Roethlisberger is coming back for pride. Breeze, if he came back, would come back thinking, we, we are good enough to win. That's the only distinction I draw. I, I, so. you know, I don't know how Bryce Roethlisberger play a lot. I watched him play almost every game. I got it. Roethlisberger got hit in the head a lot of times, man. He ought to push on hell. He ought to get the hell out of there. <laughs> yeah, no, he and, he, and, he and Cam Newton can't play anymore. They can't play. They've been hit too much. All right, who do you like in the game? Who's your pick? Uh, yeah, Kansas City. Yes, absolutely. And, and let me tell you, you have four LSU homo. You've got Edwin Slayer and Honey Badge on Kansas City. Yes. And, and you've got Devin White might be the best linebacker and cost me lifetime man on ESPN, but that's all right. And you've got Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette now just starting running back. Yes, yes. He can do everything. So you, you got you got another two LSU guys play a secondary role, but you got four high impact players from the same university out there Sunday. It's pretty 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 awesome. You don't see that very often. Really high impact well, players. LSU LSU and Alabama have sent more people to the pros in the last ten years than anybody. Right? Starters, good oh, players. Yeah, yeah. they've yeah. done that. All right, so, so every time I look, we're one ahead of them. I don't want to hit them. So Kansas, you got Kansas City minus three, and you probably would do it minus six if you had to, right? I'd, I'd go. I'd go above three, but you know, uh, betters for good reason don't like to bet against Tom Brady because a lot of people have right. been burned doing that over the years. But, right, man, that Kansas City team. When I was watching Mahomes, I mean, the plays that they were making. I know it's Buffalo, Kansas City. I mean, Tampa Bay's better than Buffalo, but geez, that guy can make some plays, man. Yeah, we he wanted is. him bad. We were, we were picking eleventh, and they picked Kansas. And we traded up to get him. They were sick when Kansas City took him. He's really good. He's really good. Thank you, James. Thank you. Talk to you soon. James Carville, boys and girls. It's always good to have James. And and when you can understand him and his phone works. Yes. I think he I think he I think he may have cursed once in that, but we'll 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 go back. He may have. And we'll go back and we'll edit it out. And so do we have then is Jeff Ma ready for us? I'm calling him right now. Okay. See, James, there was a, there was that little moment when he was talking about the LSU people, and the third one he talked about, I thought yes. he dropped, 
thought he dropped <laughs> yeah, the S no, word. Nothing in there. that would produce the the ban <laughs> as it no. goes against the entire league. No, it was just, yeah, it was just you know, it's just casually. James does that, and <laughs> maybe we'll get it out. Maybe we won't. You, you've already heard, so we, you'll let me know. So, what did he officially take with New Orleans a few weeks back? It was his triple play? He does this every year. Uh, he just. I I don't think he even took the New Orleans game because it scared him so much. I think he was rooting for them really hard. I think he picked the well, other I games. In real life, he had he had a bet. On oh, New in real life, sure. All. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, he had made a bet, you know, some weeks before and gotten very good odds on that. Yeah, he had done that. Jeff is on the line. All right, Jeff, you're following Carville, and at least you'll be better understood <laughs> because James <laughs> is so hard, so hard to understand. Um, Jeff's record, you, you, even if Jeff loses this game, if you bet consistently with Jeff, one and one in, in the last round, he's 47, 45, and three, so you would have made money. You're in a circumstance now where it's an incredibly attractive game because of the quarterbacks and, and among other things. It's Kansas City minus three, and I think that a lot of people think Kansas City's a better team, but they're afraid to bet against Tom Brady. What are your thoughts on the game? Um, yeah, I mean, this is a really interesting game because it's uh, sort of one of those classic public versus the Sharps kind of game. I think most of the Sharps are going to come in on Tampa Bay, and I, I think actually it's the, the other way, like the conventional wisdom by most of the real smart sharps are that Tampa has more talent um, on both sides of the football. They have their incredible defensive line that they've spent a ton of money on. They have incredible skill players. They have Tom Brady. Um, and, you know, Kansas City has a beat-up offensive line with Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher out. And, um, you know, the, the, I think a lot of the, the sharp people with Tampa having some home field and, and you know, the, the cluster injuries on Kansas City, which is what they call, you know, that many injuries on the offensive line, are waiting to see if this line will go up and, and are hoping to bet Tampa Bay plus, you know, three and a half plus three. Um, I actually like Kansas City. Um, I, I do think that this is a situation where Kansas City's overall statistics are generally um, not telling the whole story because of the way that they've played the regular season and this whole concept of them having like a good playbook and a bad playbook. And I like Kansas City uh, minus the three points here. Um, I think that it it likely will stay at three. Um, if anything, I guess it will go up just because there's going to be a lot of public money on Kansas City. And this is one of the rare times where the public money will actually move the line. Um, but Kansas City minus three right now would be the bet for me. Do you think that, uh, you know, it's not so much playing on a field that you're familiar with as having the routine of being at home for two weeks now. Do you think that's a factor in this for Tampa Bay? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this all season with this sort of COVID season that um, home field, nobody knows exactly why home field matters, whether it's the fans or whatnot. Um, and, you know, in this situation of familiarity, as you've mentioned, and comfort of being at home and, and everything about that, I, I do think there's, there is some value to that. Um, the climate, everything about it that they're acclimated to. So, I, I, yeah, I, I certainly think there's some value to this, whether it's, is it a full, you know, three that normally it would be in the NFL or close to three. Mm -hmm. Um, no, it can't be, but it's it's got to be something. I'd probably put it at you know a point or something like that in terms of value. So, in in the bet the process podcast, are do you spend a, a great deal? Do you and Rufus spend a great deal of time on this particular game, or have you sort of moved on to other sports by now? No, no, no. we spent um, so Rufus. I don't know if you've ever read the article about him. They wrote an article about him 
about five or six years back as, as sort of the king of the props, meaning he was oh, the yeah, guy that's yeah. out there betting every prop. And he, he you know, is, is betting millions of dollars um, in volume on these props. And he does so much research on these things um, that he'll know every single, you know, like he'll be looking at Bryson Byron Pringle under on receptions and Chris Godwin under on receptions and a lot of things like he'll be betting no safety and things like that. The, the the props you know we just had a podcast where we did a whole you know hour and a half on the props that's fascinating i look at those things and i go i'm not touching any of them i don't understand them <laughs> they're just so weird you know they're you know over under two and a half minutes on the anthem you go oh no i can't i can't do that anyway thank you, know you jeff thank you this, go ahead there's been all these leaks on the anthem in the past where people have paid security officers to like go in and listen to the rehearsal or time in and give them the inside information. So you laugh about these things, but you know, it's, it's, these are akin to GameStop type situations where there's inside information. That's really funny. Jeff, thank you for all year. Thank you so much. I hope you win on Thanks, this one. Sir. Thank you, Jeff. All right. Jeff Bye. Ma, boys and girls. Um, is Chuck with us? I believe he's probably, uh, Sean is not, probably dialing not up. Not yet. I'm calling him right now. Okay. Yeah. It's fun to have Jeff. And, and those prop bets are so nuts. Yeah, can we please look up some prop bets to give to Chuck Dodd? It's just so crazy the, how well, all those things work. Color Reginald, Gatorade. Don't, don't be surprised if Reginald takes a few prop bets to try and get over 500. Okay, good. Well, that's fine. Well, he's 27-31-1. and one. He can't get to five. Well, he can get to 500 if he makes a bunch of We'll have of to see if bets. Reginald is playing in the snow with the pandas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you see all the panda videos? They were just so wonderful. The pandas sliding and happy. The panda's like the hammer when he's knocking over a snowman that I spent <laughs> many minutes making for him. To he's get the knocked perfect, it over? Is that what he yes, did? Oh. To get the perfect portrait mode photo to send to the grandparents. Wow. Oh. Chuck is on yes, the line. Yes, I saw. I got one. Chuck good is morning. on the line. All right, good. All right, you're there. So, so. You had a shot if you if you won out. You had a shot at five hundred, but now you're sixty two, sixty five, and two, so you don't have a shot because you missed on Green Bay, and that that was you wanted that particular Super Bowl, uh, yeah. the Green well, Bay Buffalo Super Bowl. I, which that's yeah. what happens when you're a fan. Yeah, you know. Well, I I will say this: that the last thing that you said to us was you said I don't want to be the jerk who yeah. doesn't take. Patrick Mahomes, and that's how I lead into this. This is yeah. a a Super Bowl with just f fabulous star power in a lot of positions, but not at all like quarterback. Not at all like quarterback. And it's Mahomes and Brady. And and does that same logic apply for you? Well, it applies, but almost more to Brady. I, I feel I, I, I'm not going to bet on Brady. I'm I, I I'm more like I'm more. I still think it's more likely than not that Kansas City wins this, and I think there's a chance they win by a lot, not a little, that they just come out and just throw the ball 50 times and they just, they just and, and, and Tampa just can't keep up. But I'll admit, I'm afraid of betting against Brady. You know, I mean, you, you don't want to, and, and this is one of those where we're both quarterbacks. You'll just feel like an idiot. Whichever, if you lose this bet, yeah. Whoever you are, you're like, wow, that's what I get for betting against. That's right. Insert, insert in Mahomes or Brady. Here's a question I have for you. Do you think this will feel like a Super Bowl to these, to these, I mean, these guys probably don't have the same set of nerves, but this is something that's like, you know, is there the same sort of, you could always tell at these Super Bowls that the first quarters are always so tentative, right? Because, you know, it just seems like such a huge stage. 
will the stage seem as big with a half full stadium? I, okay, uh, there's a lot of a lot of factors in, into you know answering that question, but the most important factor is these are freakish quarterbacks. So you know they're, they're, it's no, they're not going to be affected in that way. Brady's this is the tenth time for Brady. This is the second in a row for Mahomes, and Mahomes is a wizard out there. They're not going to care about that, and they've been conditioned to having. Some fans, Kansas City let fans in all year. So the yeah. amount of people there is not going to affect that. I, no, I don't, I don't think that at all. I think that they are, you know, these are real football teams. Um, I think for most of us watching the game, that's a fair question. Is it going to feel the same? What's it going to be like? Sally Jenkins, I had her on just a little while ago, and we were talking about this. It's just so odd that the – the run-up to the Super Bowl is so minimal and the hoopla around it is so minimal and you're going to have to remind yourself to sit down and watch the game. I have this fear that it won't be, it won't be watched as much as it should be. If you were to, Chuck, if you were to pick mm. any two people to be in a Super Bowl, yeah, the decisive the game, right? Yeah. There's not even yeah. close. No. It's not. No, I mean, you could make paper. a case for Rodgers, but, but really Brady deserves it. It's yeah, different. I, on paper, if you were CBS, you'd be thinking, "Oh my God, we, we, we you know, if you knew you were going to have Brady Mahomes, you'd have raised the price normally yeah, but for, I don't... For, for the thirty-second ad." But you have a whole bunch of companies not sure they want to spend the money, and then there's yes. you know, yeah, it, it is. It's such a it's such a weird environment for that. You're right about you know, it's interesting. What does the lack of Super Bowl parties do to people's interest in watching it? You're right. How many people? You can't gather. Right. You can't gather. How many people watch only in a big gathering, but if they're home alone, they're going, eh, I'm streaming Netflix. I'm going to watch, uh, I'm going to watch some Shit's Creek or something, you know? I think I that's to, what's I going I mean, to happen. I do that, but yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think that is going to happen. I, you know, I don't, I want to be wrong on that because if you were to ever set up a dream circumstance for a championship in the NFL, this is it. This is it. It, it, hey. it, it it's yeah, no, I'm with you. But by the way, I'm glad not to be at a big Super Bowl party. You know why? I'm going to enjoy Tony Romo calling the Super Bowl. This yeah, you'll hear fun. it. You'll yeah. hear it. You know, normally you don't get to hear the Super Bowl, right? If you're in a right, in, a lot of know, people. A lot of people. I mean, you know, there's always a neighborhood in, around in here. My neighbor always throws the, the 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 local Super Bowl party, and we're not doing it this year, right? And so, at least we get to hear Romo. I, I you know, and if people are going to make this joke. Romo's for Super Bowl. Um, but, um, <laughs> but it's going to be fun to hear him call this game with two great quarterbacks. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. So you'll take Kansas City. I got to take Kansas City. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think there's a, I think there's a, kind of like what happened in Buffalo. You know, it always doesn't it feel like Kansas City can play at another gear anytime they yes. want. Yes. Yes. And and and, yes. and there's still a part of me that feels as if can and I, I, you know, Tom Brady did throw three interceptions in the NFC title game. So you, just, what you have to do, saying. yeah, you have to divorce yourself from, from the emotion of it, and you have to say this. Right. At the moment, Travis Kelsey is better than Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. At the moment, uh, Tyreek Hill is as good as, as Evans and Godwin and maybe better at the moment. And if Antonio Brown plays at the moment, he's on that level. And at the moment, Mahomes, maybe not for historical purposes, but at the moment, Mahomes is a better quarterback than Brady. He is. Yeah. No, so I mean, why would you not? Yeah. Yeah. There's not one only made what maybe Tampa has better running backs than Kansas city. Okay. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Edward Solaire. I don't know. No, <laughs> I don't know that. 
Oh, I know that that's Car- true. Car- Car- Carvel got to you. you Carvel well, really no, no. thinks Edward's a just teasing. Thank you, Chuck. All right. Bye, guys. Chuck Todd, boys and girls. And if we just gave you Chuck Todd, as always, that would be enough. But in fact, we give you a monkey. See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching, watching his iPad, smoking and laughing, hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attache. Nigel's going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. Reginald's got the bite, spy too. Sometimes he throws poo, poo, poo. When he's had too much Johnny Walker blue. All right, you went down to the zoo. What do you got? I did, and uh, you'll be pleased to know that um, Reginald was furiously making all these videos. Apparently, he's a big star on Cameo. I took his accountant. He made $1.5 million last year just on Cameo appearances. So clearly, that's a big industry for him. That is Um, great. Now, before I get to the game proper, he had four uh, prop bets that he wanted to get down. The first okay. was, of course, the, co- the coin toss. He's taking tails. They didn't even hesitate. It's going to be tails. The next one was the over-under. That's because he has a tail. That's why he did that. Because <laughs> right. he also has a head. But yeah, that's tail. Um, the over-under in Tom Brady's rushing yards. The number is set at half a yard. He's going to take the over on that. Um, the next was the outcome of the first coach's challenge. He's going to say that that will be over, that the call will be overturned on the first coach's challenge. Uh, not that the call will be upheld. And will Pat Mahomes make a pass with his left hand? He is betting that he will. So those are the four prop bets from Reginald. Now, the game itself, he showed me he showed me this promo of a show that apparently is coming out on MTV or VH1, something like that. It's My Life with Gronk. And it's just Reginald running around doing silly things with Rob Gronkowski. So clearly, he's got ties to Tampa, and he will take Tampa Bay with the three points. Um, ESPN had sent me an email asking me to pick the game, who would win and what score, and I didn't do it because I don't know. <laughs> I, just don't, I just don't know. I, I am rooting for Tom Brady because he's yeah. 43 years old. I'm rooting for Tom Brady. You know, I think Kansas City is better on every conceivable way, but I root for Brady. All right, thanks uh, to um, Reginald for doing that. We will take a break. We will come back with email and a jingle. I am Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a solo stove ad. Michael, you... Uh, I have an update. Go ahead. The, the case of the traveling solo stove is back with my in-laws, so it can enjoy those beautiful views out over the Okatee River as we look down towards the Colleton River. So wait, Jim didn't want it anymore? No, no, Jim, already, Jim. Jim is already an owner of the solo stove. Oh. So apparently there's been a wait list. He made it off the wait list, so this is great. Back on 170, we're in business, so it's going to be waiting for me when, uh, when we're back down there, hopefully this spring. Okay, that would be great. That would be great. Solo stove, that was the story. They, tell, they say, tell your solo stove solo stove. Story. That's hard to say. Solo yeah. stove, stove story. story. Ooh, <clears throat> Come on. What's I mean, easy copy. Is how easy is to travel with said sto- solo stove? Said sto- solo stove. Also hard to it's say. It's hard to say. Solo stove <laughs> creates story-worthy moments. Fireside fumes not included. Stainless steel construction designed to regulate airflow, burn more efficiently. So little smoke, you'll wonder how there's so much fire. <clears throat> and no campfire smell on your clothes or hair. Nothing left but ultra-fine ash for an easy cleanup. There's the solo stove light all the way to the mighty Yukon, even grills, pots, and other accessories. Every rooftop rendezvous, log cabin lazing, road trip retreat, and backyard bumming calls for solo stove. Copywriters think that's brilliant. These are words that are hard to say. You need to say them out loud 
while you write but them. But it's so visual. I, I know, but it's just hard to say. Easy to light with a few bits of starter. Your fire is blazing in minutes, and Solo Stove is so confident in their products to give you a lifetime warranty for every purchase. I want to go chop wood now in the backyard. Please just so do. I can create these memories with you. <laughs> go smokeless with Solo Stove and get 25% your, off your order all February, all month long. 25% off at solostove.com, plus an additional $10 off when you use the promo code Tony K at checkout. That's solostove.com for 25% off your entire order, plus an additional $10 off when you use the promo code Tony K. And as we always say, use the code, people. You're listening, You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. You two never imagined that. The lyrics are by Byron Cotter, by the Mr. Cotter, and Joe Arrow, of course, singing great. That's brilliant. I, I have to hide the mayo in my house whenever I use it because Liz still doesn't, is not ready to admit that she prefers the mayonnaise way. Just brilliant. Nigel, uh, why don't you give us the Bethesda bagels, Anne? Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. All you need to do is go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you, then stop on in, and you will be thrilled. All right, I guess we're just about done today, but before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, I got something to say that might cause you pain if I catch you talking to that boy again. I'm going to let you down and leave you flat, because I told you before, as John Lennon sings, you can't do that. Thanks to our guests today, Chuck Todd, James Carville, Jeff Ma, Sally Jenkins. Thanks to our sponsors today as well, Solo Stove, Truist, Framebridge, and Michelob, Ultra Pure Gold. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio.com. If you get the show through iTunes, please leave us a review. From Wade in sunny Santa Barbara, my best friend and I were enjoying a cocktail and a Cuban cigar at the Four Seasons in Mexico City when a full feeling came over me and I excused myself to the bathroom. As I began using the urinal, a man pulled up to the stall next to me. I glanced over, and to my incredible surprise, the man next to me was none other than Michael Philip Jagger. My heart raced. Do I speak to the man? No, not at the urinal. I walked over to the sink. I began to wash my hands. Mick pulled up to the next sink and began to wash. In the next split second, I made a hasty decision and for some in inexplicable reason feigned a British accent and said, All right, Mick. All right, he said. He All looked right, me Mick. up in the mirror and, and walked out the door. It's been downhill from there. It just so Should have called him Michael. <laughs> so great. From Grant McGuire in Huntington, West Virginia. Tony, I see you conspired to send the Beltway Mitterrand to my Cincinnati Reds. Thanks for nothing. Can't you throw in a Scherzer or Strasburg to take the sting out? I guess we've come a long way from Marge shot to socialism, though. This is what happens when you show up late to the Cleveland Park Public Library read-along and Bootsy has to wait. Yeah, you know, get out of here, Doolittle. Get out. Um, <laughs> Jeff in Charleston. No. 
Duluth Trading Company Firehouse pants are what you need. As opposed to your online shopping attitude, these pants are flexible. Trust me, he says no to canvas pants. This is from Chris Van Valkenburg in Manchester, New Hampshire. The headline is Beware of L.L. Bean Pants. I live 15 miles from two different L.L. Bean stores. Every time I walk in the door, it costs me $300. I love beans, but I hate their pants with a fire of a thousand suns. It's their pockets. They make a great, great pant. And he puts in parentheses, Michael. But I warned under- you about the pockets, the liner shows. <laughs> but undermine their entire product line by using canvas that's too abrasive for a potato sack. It's like sticking your hand into a cheese grater. Great for exfoliation, but terrible for retrieving your keys. Do yourself a favor. Take a bowling ball and head over to Saks or Bloomingdale's and buy yourself a quality pant you can try on. Otherwise, the next time you'll have Buster Olney on, you can compare how much bag bomb he goes through from milking cows. Eat it, Andy and Tim Ziegler. From Alex Sankey in Cave Creek, Arizona. As part of my job in the financial service industry, I routinely listen to or read interviews from CEOs about their companies and the economy. Yesterday featured none other than Tom Dole, CEO of Subaru North America. It was what you would expect from the pinnacle of automotive pretense, mixing together sales and production data with the talk of their community of drivers. But what was the worst part? He used the word conquest a few times without context enough that the interviewer asked for clarification. When they convert a buyer or a com- of a competitor, such as Ford or GM, they call it a conquest. What are you, ducking Marco Polo? You're selling overpriced station wagons, not a purveyor of doubloons. It's great. Alex Sankey, Cave Creek, Arizona. That's great. Uh, from KJ, right? Dear Dr. Ron Port- Porthauser, now that you've ordered the exclusive L.L. Bean canvas pant to go with your crampon keen boots, we're writing to inform you that you have qualified to receive a brand new forest green Subaru. Our only regret is that you did not share your recent acquisition of the aforementioned product sooner so that you would have had your new Subaru in time for the recent snowfall in D.C. To be deprived of the good things of life, such as free bagels due to a dusting of snow, simply will not do. So please advise as to whether you'd prefer the kayak or cross-country ski rack option so that we may (laughs) ship your Subaru post-haste. Sean Graham from Baltimore, hon. With the snowstorm hitting Charm City early Sunday morning, my car was already buried under snow and ice after lunch when I agreed to dig it out and take my two children, both masculine children, Emmett and Calvin, to the preferred biggest sledding hill. Go ahead and say their names on the air. They'll think it's a hoot as they sing along with the mailbag theme while stuck in the car with me. I called one of their friend's dads to say they should meet us, and he said he wasn't digging his car out and that I was a better dad than him. When my joking reply was, well, maybe a little, but not Subaru better, was met with silence, I realized that not only is he a fellow little, but I remembered he drives an outback. That's sort of funny. From Henry Balliet. 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 From Bend, Oregon. Bend, Oregon. Home of Dan Fouts. Not home of Banyan Dunes. Bandon Dunes, rather. Many people have recently taken you to task for the assertion that caramel is naturally occurring substance. <coughs> Excuse me for coughing here. While they are correct in this, they also fail to acknowledge your utter ludicrous claim mere seconds later. You said, and I quote, they exist in nature, peanuts and caramel, so they're good for you. I'm sorry, what? The notion that every natural substance is good for you is, I don't want to say this insane, but it walks like a duck and has a fake doctrine. You might be a quack. Let me give a few examples of natural substances which are in fact not good for you. Tobacco, lava, chrysalisa. <laughs> That's very funny. That's very funny. Short list. From Jim Flynn in Colbert, Connecticut. Tony, do um do Saliza's private school kids still get to ride the polo ponies every day or are the ponies a hybrid model? <laughs> I'm bringing Mike Burke from uh Mike from Burke, Virginia back on this one. 
Some things sure surprise us. Crystal is saying my kids go to private school does not surprise us. <laughs> <clears throat> That's where they teach those kids to loomis their chafies. Sincerely, Mike from Burke, Virginia, back in my good graces. And from Josh Cromwell in Moselle, Mississippi, it was totally shocking to find out that Chris sends his kid to private school. Given what we know of him and his love of all things pretentious, I would have thought that hiring a governess for his kids would have been more on brand. My children yeah. went to both public and private school. I went to just public school. If I had to do it over again and I had money, I'd go to private school. But my life turned out pretty good. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. And uh, tell me, you brought three of your friends. Could you please introduce them? Yes, there's them? George Palisol, <clears throat> Ringo Stone, and Paul McCharmley. Lately, there's no romance in singing A pack of cigarettes, your hair and barrettes Lately, thought a lot about believing And why it's got so hard Lately not a day goes by I'm not singing For someone who does not care to hear Dark blue Ooh. Lately Been letting my demons go Stay one step behind me Lately The devil is prettier than you think Runs a tongue across her teeth And wings Lies. 
turn at the corner Tilt to the head if I've seen it once I've seen it a thousand times Button up, buttercup You got things to do It's not about 